So since the attacks happened, um, and this is now probably less than a month ago, but 24th of March, what we've been seeing is, is that the numbers have not been as high as we might have first expected. Um, and that's most likely due to um, access, um, people needing to take boats from the affected areas. And what people we are seeing is that they have probably uh, traveled um, by road on foot. Um, they've, they've escaped into the bush. Um, and just remember that these people have, have witnessed some really horrific um uh, that they've, they've just been witness to horrific attacks maybe their houses have been burnt down and they've they've escaped into the bushes probably for two to three days with with very little food and then they have tried to make the journey to safety and they have kept going so they've scattered in different directions um some two islands which are dotted along the coast um, of uh, northern Mozambique, little, little islands, um, and some to neighboring districts. So in Pemba itself, um, while there are some people, uh, people that we call who are displaced, displaced from their communities in, in Parma, some have stayed at an accommodation center that's been set up by the government, um, and we're also providing food, uh, some preliminary rations, uh, rice, oil, beans, sardines, water, but some have also gone to the homes of their relatives, to their families, and that's very common. These attacks um, have been uh, have been going on since 2017. People have been displaced from uh, from from uh, affected areas in Cabo de Galdo, so it's it's very it's very usual for people to go and seek refuge, seek safety. Uh, with family members, and we've seen some ho households um, grow from six people to to 25 people in a household. And and what we then do is that we make sure that there is food uh, for for the for the for those families who are also um, uh, who have opened their doors to to their relatives. And I'm sure you are interacting with the people on the ground as well. You've spoken to a few. Sam, what are some of the stories you're hearing? from, from uh, you know, the experience and, and how they left uh, Palma. Absolutely. And the, and the stories are, you know, are, are those of, 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 of shock and of, of grief. Um, speaking to one gentleman who, 73 years old, uh, had left his home with his wife. Uh, they made it to Mueda, which is um, probably about a, a, normally would be a two-hour uh, journey by car, um, but he, they had to walk, um, no food, no water. He actually said that he had to leave his wife in Mueda uh, because they didn't have enough money uh, to pay for the car journey. They only had enough money for one person, and that he then took the car down to Montepuez, where we met him at uh, one of our distribution camps, uh, where he uh, was waiting to receive our. Um, immediate uh, response rations. Um, but again, so very sad stories of people being literally separated from their loved ones, from their families, and then not knowing when will we see each other again. And some some families, another couple who um, we met, uh, I met yesterday in Mueda, um, and he spoke about um, walking for five days uh, with his young wife uh, and one one-and-a-half-year-old little boy um, he showed me his swollen feet. He, sure. His his feet were sort of cut 
covered in blisters. Mm. And he talked about his 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 brother, who he uh, who he said had been um, attacked and, and and had lost his life uh, during the attacks. Um, and he spoke about uh, just being um, separated from you know his mother. Um, and again, just just these people who left with nothing they probably just grabbed whatever they could they heard gunshots they were probably told by their neighbors um friends who lived close to them to that they must leave now and and people just fleeing into the bush first not knowing where it was in in which direction to go into which was safe uh before they could slowly sort of have some courage to come out and then and then begin the journey um, on road. And w- when you assess the situation as well, how would you describe the atmosphere at the moment? So there's an incredible amount of resilience amongst these communities. A lot of um, a lot of support for each other. The families that we've spoken to, um, when when I ask them how have how have you managed, how have you coped without food and without water. Um, and this young man yesterday told me, you know, we were given food by uh, we. They they say we were lent food, which I thought was a really, um, a really interesting expression. Um, but they were given food by by communities that they either were staying overnight with, um, but people were basically making sure that, you know, as people were passing through um, passing through villages and towns, um, that that that. Uh, that they were looking after those people that had literally lost everything. So the so when when you are in these camps, you the picture that you see is of of children who, you know, like like most children. I mean, they they, they find laughter, they find things to play with, they, they they make you know they make things they make us they make the you know they make things happen in front of them and and they you know they have each other. Mm. So you do hear laughter, and then you see you know, the women who are perhaps, you know, collecting wood because they're getting ready to prepare the meals. Um, so you see people just huddled in their temporary shelter under their tarpaulin tents. Um, yesterday, the the rain had, had started to fall um, in Mueda um, just around lunchtime. So some people were just huddled under, under a makeshift shelters, but also just um, sitting around the fires as well as they started to, to prepare probably what would be the um, evening meal um, and and again you know there, are, there there is just there are people that are that are there that they know that they're safe um, but they also are probably wondering what next where do I go from here you know what what will what will happen to us um, and I think that hasn't yet probably registered and I think people are still processing what they've been through in the last um, 10 to 15 days. The picture you've created, you've, you've you've painted for us, has also been that of hope. So, that, you know, as much as uh, it's a difficult time for them, they seem to be hopeful. I mean, the innocence of the children and uh, the the woman going to get firewood. Would you say that's the case? So, I think it's also about survival. I think people, families, mothers, um, siblings, you instinctively look out look out for each other. And in communities um, here, I've seen, you know, elder siblings, you know, just be be make sure that their younger siblings are are looked after. If if somebody's crying, 
um, an, an, an older sister or older brother will pick up that child um, if the mother is um, busy sort of preparing preparing food. So definitely it, it, it's it's um, it's a community that is that has found strength in each other that they are that they know that they need to survive. They've been already been through um, an incredible um, an incredible um, you know experience themselves. Um, so that day to day living is is really what they want and need to get on with. What would you say on the humanitarian side, which is also the side that you are um, there in, in the capacity of? Would you say that sufficient um, assistance is reaching the people at the moment? Or what would you say maybe is of emergency right now? The concern for us is to make sure that we reach people and we reach them in safety. Um, there are still assessments, security assessments that we need to carry out to make sure that if people are arriving on boats, that they will have, um, as, as the rain has now started, um, and some of this journey is, is is perhaps a 24-hour journey on a very kind of rocky rocky boat, a very a very shallow boat. People um, perhaps packed quite closely together that they've got rations when they arrive and that they're looked after and that they have shelter. We need obviously money and resources to be able to do that. We've estimated that we need $82 million um, by the end of this year to make sure that we we have uh, the resources and the assistance to reach uh, those affected. And, and remembering also that we've been working here um, since uh, since 2017, assisting the displaced population, which is uh, something like 668,000 people uh, who have been displaced by the conflict, um, as well as a, a number which we have um, accounted at 950,000 who are food insecure and, and children also um, are facing uh, malnourishment as well. There is chronic malnutrition in Mozambique and half of the children malnourished are in Cabo Delgado. Um, and as, as we see the conflict, um, as, as the situation deteriorates, as the, as the conflict increases, as that uncertainty increases, food prices are obviously spiraling, um, loss of livelihood. COVID has obviously had an impact also on people's incomes and livelihoods and, and just security, life security, job security. People have had to abandon their homes, their land, um, where they would normally have been planting um, for the next harvest. Uh, so a lot of farmers have have have, have left land and, and are now wondering, you know, what uh, the, the gentleman that we met in uh, in Montepoise, the, the 73 year old, he said to me, I, I only know how to farm. I don't know how to live in a in a city. You know, what what, what can I do here? Mm. Um, I, I, you know, I have I, I don't have those skills. So this is obviously um, something that we will now really need to work together with our partners and, and make sure that, you know, people are given that assistance, that long-term assistance. How do you getting people back on their feet? Children need to go into into schools. They need to have, you know, they need to have their education. Um, we need to give people access to health, access to food, and make sure that there is a, a, a start for them in life to, to have those livelihoods, which uh, which they may have left behind also. When we spoke to our correspondent uh, last week, Shelley, you know, he mentioned um, also one of the other challenges is infrastructure. So access to water and sanitation uh, sometimes um, or does become a bit of a, 
uh, a challenge. What would you say in, in that regard? In, indeed. And, and UNICEF, um, our partner that works very specifically in this area, and we, and we work together, you know, trying to integrate, you know, how best we can with these services. They also made this plea um, in terms of, you know, making sure that there are, you know, toilets for toilets for people uh, wherever wherever we you know there are settlement camps um, so in, in absolutely critical in terms of clean water because obviously nutrition um, is critical um, for for people uh, in, in terms of um, making sure that they have the right access to to, to food uh, to food and assistance but also uh, clean water and and, and, and sanitation. Have there been have there been any um, assistance as well um, from other organisations? Because you mentioned UNICEF as well, so I'm, I'm sensing that there's kind of like a partnership happening now to sort of address this um, humanitarian uh, situation that's unfolding right now in Palma. So, in any emergency, um, the World Food Programme, UNICEF, UNHCR. IOM, UNFPA, that there are, I know I'm sort of saying a lot of acronyms here, but a lot of all the, all the UN agencies work very closely together. Um, we work, uh, we, you know, we, 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 we make joint assessments um, and we make sure that, you know, that, that, you know, as, as we, uh, as we begin to understand the scale of the problem, how the escalation of violence has, has basically, um, fed into communities and displaced people and, and the numbers are you know multiplying and 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 and, and becoming triple and and obviously you know the scale uh it, it is quite enormous is it is the fact that we do need to make sure that you know we are all contributing um to 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 make sure that this humanitarian tragedy that we're seeing unfold um that we help manage it and that we help uh basically you know create um, a a, a safe environment uh, for these communities and that's making sure that they have food and shelter and clean water. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with me, um, Shelley, just uh, with regards to the situation, um, the experiences that are coming out of of this particular uh, crisis? I mean, obviously you've you've attended to many such crises before, but is there anything else that, you know, particularly stands out for you with this one or that you'd like to to add onto the conversation so do i do think it's important to you know the awareness of, of what's happening it is a it's it's um you know is it is affecting you know thousands of people and we do you know we do need money and we you know we sort of thank the generosity of a lot of a lot of governments a lot of donor partners you know for giving us resources uh, to be able to do this of course you know we, we you know we still need more and that's important because again you know it's it's um it's young women and children uh who are in 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 some of these instances the most vulnerable uh young women um young mothers who who are still uh breastfeeding or they have young infants and, and children obviously because this is you know it's an important and critical part of their lives um when they need um you know good nutrition uh, and 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 good health access to health as well um, and, we, and obviously, you know, nobody wants to, uh, you know, a child to sort of lose their childhood. Um, and, and for the, for this, I think it is important to, to to just to just be aware that you know that the the situation here, um, 
you know, it, it's still unfolding. It's still, it's still a difficult story to piece together. And I think that's because people have just this idea of just scattering and, and going in different directions. Mm. Um, but it, again, it's it, it, again, it's just about, it really is just about sort of making sure that we sort of don't don't forget about these people. Mm.